0: The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you along for the ride. Glad to be working alongside Nathan Miller, our producer. This is American Road Trip Talk. We'll be back with the interview right after this. Hi everybody, this is Anton Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring
1: attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop
0: it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon and water, a simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. Go
1: to alertdrops.com, very important, go to alertdrops.com and stay safe.
0: In western Nebraska, Sydney used to be known as the toughest town on the tracks. Today, Sydney is home to family-owned restaurants and vibrant downtown full of unique shops. Plan your trip to Sydney and learn more at sydneyne.com.
1: There's room to roam around the scenic byways in southeast Idaho's high country, and it's a great time to get away and decompress. Did you know Southeast Idaho is hot springs country? Come and relax in natural mineral water hot pools. Then visit one of their quirky museums like the Idaho Potato Museum, the Museum of Clean, or the Butch Cassidy Museum. Go to IdahoHighCountry.org to plan your trip. You're sure to find your favorite way to disconnect when you visit
0: Idaho. Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome once again, everyone. Glad to have you with us. And today, we're going to be glad to take a trip via podcast, via broadcast. And with the kind assistance of someone who really knows her way around Michigan, we're going to join Amy S. On a trip to the UP, as they call it, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. A word about Amy. She is a native of Detroit and a freelance writer specializing in travel. She has written about Michigan's largest city for clients around the world, including Midwest Living, the Chicago Tribune. Frommer's Guidebooks, numerous AAA magazines, and airline in-flights Delta Sky, Hemispheres, and Alaska Beyond. She loves exploring the Detroit International Riverwalk and attending sporting events in the D, particularly Tigers baseball games. And so we welcome to Trip Talk once again, Amy S. Eckert. Amy, to our friends, and you're a friend of the show. Amy, how are you?
1: Hi, Gary. I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm having a good time, though I have to say, Amy, that I've been spending more than my share, and I can be a homebody as much as the next guy, but I've been spending too much time housebound, and here I am doing this show with you and envying the Dickens out of you, Amy, because you decided that you'd had enough with all of this mess, you were going to get away from it all, and recently you made a trek to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. That must have been a fantastic trip. It was. Well,
1: I I couldn't help but think, you know, if you were going through your introduction about how, you know, I love Detroit and love going to Detroit Tigers games and exploring the International Riverwalk and, you know, traveling around the world, and I mean, those things just really haven't been happening. They aren't happening now. And um, for somebody who has really built a life around travel, has really been driven by travel all my life, I'd have to say that um, this Quarantine has really tested me. <laughs> um it's it's been hard to stay put. So uh, I did stay put in the early months of the quarantine here in Michigan. We had a pretty tight lockdown um in the first few months, which I think ended up being a good thing. But once um the governor kind of, you know, started relaxing things a little bit, the most obvious thing I thought to do, the most obvious place to go was the great outdoors. And in Michigan, the great outdoors is really synonymous with the Upper Peninsula. That I mean, that's God's country to those of us who live here. You've got waterfalls. You've got, you know, sheer uh, cliff faces that, um, you know, that butt up against the Great Lakes. You've got beautiful beaches, you know, gorgeous forests, and all kinds of cool wildlife, you know, deer and moose and so on. And so it was a perfect spot for somebody who really is, kind of
0: antsy to get out get out of the house. Antsy being the operative word for a lot of us, that is for sure. I miss the ants at a picnic because I haven't had one in so long, I tell you that. Upper yeah. Peninsula, when I have met Michiganders over the years, they seem to have a mentality, maybe you share it, Amy, they they view the UP as they call it as something very much a part of Michigan and a part of the lore and the lure of the state of Michigan, but also with a mentality that this is someplace special that when you get away from the cities, oh, yeah. get away from the suburbs and you go to the UP, you are going someplace that spiritually gives you a sense of going home.
1: Yeah. that I mean, that's a really interesting word that you use too, spiritually. I mean, I, I do think, and I use the phrase God country. I mean, I think a lot of people really feel connected to, um, you know, to, to, to God, to the to, um, to uh, some kind of higher power, higher power when they're out in the middle of the woods there. I mean, it's just very remote. There are, there are lots of places in the UP where you won't find people for miles, and the closest town maybe has, you know, 100 residents. It's very natural. It's very easy to feel part of nature, part of something larger. It's, and, and, you know, it's beyond the beauty of seeing... the the cliff faces and the, you know, the Lake Superior surf and the blue skies and all of that. Um, Beyond that, I think it's just, it helps, especially in in these tough times, to to put your life in perspective. Um, And and I think that's the beauty of traveling outdoors right now, wherever in the country you live or wherever the opportunities might be. Um, It's an opportunity to kind of uh, take a deep breath, um, to slow down, to kind of live in the moment, um, to put your problems in perspective, and I think that's a big part of what people are looking for when they go to places like the Upper Peninsula, Um, very little stress, and, you know, in this time when we're concerned about social distancing and avoiding large crowds, it's quite easy to do that in the national and state parks up there and in the Upper Peninsula.
0: Well, now, national parks, state parks, I heard that there was quite a lot of that up there. Which national parks are located there, Amy?
1: Well, there are two national parks that are, I guess, technically part of the Upper Peninsula. The first is Picture Lake National Lakeshore, and it's um, right along the Lake Superior Shore. And as its name suggests, it's really known for its brightly colored sandstone cliff faces that, um, that... that uh, butt up right against the Lake Superior Shore. So uh, if you're a kayaker, it's, that's a great way to really see the cliff faces is to, to paddle along the waterside and look up at these just, you know, hugely tall, colorful cliff faces. If you're a hiker, which is more my thing, um, there are lots of wonderful trails and backcountry campgrounds where you can pitch your tent and immerse yourself in nature. But for people who like to be outdoors but maybe um, aren't interested or are able to hike or paddle. There are commercial boat tours that will take you along the water's edge and um, will not only show off the best of the cliff faces, but they'll also um, kind of give you some history of the area. And then the second uh, national park up in the Upper Peninsula is Isle Royale. It's actually quite some distance from the Upper Peninsula, but it's technically part of the UP and um, the whole island is a national park. It's very remote, hard to get to this year because um, there's no ferry service from Michigan, so you either have to get there via ferry from Minnesota or you have to fly in, but it's really a paddler's and a a camper's and and fisher's paradise. Um, Those are the two big national parks up there.
0: Such beauty and state parks besides The bare fact of the matter is, for those who are unaware, the Upper Peninsula is a forested region in Michigan bordering three of the Great Lakes and extending outward from Wisconsin. If people love the outdoors, talk about getting away from it all, this would be an extraordinary place to visit. And for Michiganders, I have, uh, I'm not one of you, it would be an honor if I were, but I've been to Michigan on one trip in my life, and I can't wait to get back again, and I really, on the basis of your books, I really want to tour downtown Detroit. It's unbelievable, the renaissance that's going on in the Motor City. But when it comes to the Upper Peninsula, getting up there, I I just think that it would give me a sense of being able to explore and to to have the kind of experience that is going to certainly challenge the uh chips that i put in a digital camera and it's going to give me an opportunity to rough it and to get in touch with myself i think that's one of the real benefits mm-hmm. there rather than constantly living the urban or suburban lifestyle
1: yeah exactly and i mean that's one of the great appeals but you know i i, I should tell you i'm going to the UP again in a few weeks and Are you? i'm okay. going with my yeah i'm going with my parents And, you know, they're older, they're in their late 70s, and hiking and, um, you know, sleeping on the ground in a tent, and paddling is not really for them. But we are still going to go and enjoy the great outdoors, and on that trip, we will travel by RV. And I think a lot of Americans are considering RV travel this year. I'm really excited about it because, you know, they enjoy seeing the Tuquamana Falls and the Pictured Rocks and the Mackinac Bridge. And... Yeah, some of those great sites in the UP, um, but you know, have some concerns as we all do about staying in hotels and you know avoiding the crowds and um, maybe going to busy restaurants. So that this is the solution we came up with is to travel by an RV. Um, we'll be self-contained and we'll eat um, as many of the meals uh, of our meals indoors and in our own space as they would like. Um, but it's a great way to experience the outdoors, even if you're not really able or willing to to rough it.
0: And they're sandwiched between two peninsulas is Mackinac Island. You're going in the RV. What in the world are you folks going to do when you reach a car-free vacation destination like Mackinac Island?
1: Well, we'll have to park the RV and uh, let somebody <laughs> else do the do the driving for us. Yeah, if we uh, if we make it to the island, we'll. Uh, We'll take a ferry across and then probably travel by horse carriage. That's the way to get around on the island uh, unless you're into bicycling. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, a vehicle-free zone. So uh, you're, you're uh, really required to travel by foot, by horse, or by bicycle.
0: I did an interview on the radio several years ago with a gentleman who was on The Price is Right. And he was having a lucky streak. He did very well for himself. And one of the prizes he won was an all-expense-paid trip to Mackinac Island. So he wins this. People are cheering. The audience is so happy for him. Drew Carey is there. And when they go to commercial break, Drew Carey said to this gentleman, you know, that's a great place, Mackinac Island. I've been there. You really ought to take that trip. Don't miss the opportunity to go there. And I found that remarkable. Drew Carey thought so well of it. He wanted to make sure the contestant who won such a trip actually went there and enjoyed it.
1: Oh, really? Interesting. That's very interesting. I, that's interesting that Mackinac Island was a uh, was a prize on the Price of Price is Right. Rate. And I had no idea.
0: Somebody made that available who was interested in tourism on the island. Maybe it has huh. to do with so much that is iconic there, Amy, because, for example, if you plan ahead, get your reservations, people can go to the iconic 1887 Grand Hotel. I've seen it in some documentary footage, and I thought, wow, it's probably expensive, but probably very much worth the money you would invest in that to really soak up mm-hmm. the experience going back that far so it sounds to me like the charm and maybe this is why it wound up being a prize on a uh, on a game show is that yeah. Mackinac Island seems to take you back in time where not only can you not take a car there unless you're the Vice President of the United States and insist on having a limousine take you through <laughs> town that happened yeah. but <laughs> yeah. recently, fairly recently but um, yeah. when you go there you leave the car and time the, the modernity in a lot of respects behind so that you can step back in time and just let your hair down and let your soul relax.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the Grand Hotel. That's a real grand down of a hotel. It um, it, 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 it feels, um, I don't know, it, it does feel a bit palatial, but it's also homey, um, you know, very comfortable, very welcoming. Um, staff there, they, they just really put you put you at ease and make you feel like you belong there, part like you're part of the family. It is a, a pricey hotel to stay at, but what I really love about the hotel is, um, you know, besides the glamour of it, is um, your meals are included, and the the dining at the Grand Hotel is really, you know, just out of this world, and there are no gratuities. So that that's sometimes a bit off putting to, to travelers. They don't know, you know, do do I have to tip the Bellman, do I have to tip the, the wait staff? And what about the guy who's like bringing my horse around when it's time for me to take the tour of the of the facility and, and that kind of thing? Um, everything is included. So it really does put families at ease that to know that the price that they agreed upon up front is the price they'll pay and there's real convenience to that.
0: I'm quite sure. And that leads me to ask you, if you're getting away from the Motor City and you're going to a place that is car-free, is there, nevertheless, the influence of any of the major automobile founders, the Ford family, your Chryslers, the folks from GM, do they have an influence, an extended influence, all the way from Detroit onto the peninsula? Onto the
1: island? Onto Mackinac Island, you mean?
0: Uh, The island and the peninsula generally, because those folks had so much money. I've heard about a lot of of their very generous donations where they sponsor, they found things, museums and whatnot. And I'm curious to know if they insisted on even being on the peninsula, so to speak, so that their influence extends all that distance rather than hovering around the city of Detroit. Yeah. Well, you
1: know, if that's a very good question, if they, if there is automotive influence in that way on the Upper Peninsula or on the island, I am not aware of it, and that would be a great that'd be a great um, a, a great um, topic to sort of dig into. But it feels pretty far away from Detroit. Uh, I'll tell you that. Now, in the very early days, you know, when the automobile was really taking off, um, the what, what Ford needed a lot of was iron ore. And so many of the towns in the Upper Peninsula that were mining towns um, were mining iron ore to be made into steel, which would then in turn be made into automobiles. So you can find an awful lot of mining towns that have some presence of the automobile industry insofar as they were founded for the purpose of making new cars. Um, There's a a place. it's a little peninsula called the Garden Peninsula, that juts down into Lake Michigan, State Park, and you can see the remains of a smelting operation that was founded um, really specifically for the automotive uh, manufacturers in Detroit. The names Ford and and um, Chrysler are not on any of the buildings or any of the the parks up there. Um, but they're, they were rooted very strongly in the Industrial Revolution, and that was why they were founded. These days, they're really just historical parks, um, and um, you, you can tour the insides of these um, iron mines and copper mines and see what it was like to spend your day working down there, which is quite fascinating. Um, that's a big part of the culture of the Upper Peninsula. And I don't know if you know this, Gary, but... Um, the miners in the Upper Peninsula are responsible for the, the the iconic food that you really only find in the Upper Peninsula, and that is the pasty. It's a hot, almost like a hot pocket, stuffed with beef and potatoes and rutabagas, um, wrapped in dough, and the miners would take these, these pasties, these little meat pies, with them to work in the, the mines. Um, they'd eat them for their midday meal. But if you go to the upper peninsula today it really is it, you really have to stop and get a pasty and try one of these it's the only place in the u.s where you'll find them and they're just delicious
0: i had heard the name amy and i i didn't know what to make of it i didn't even know the ingredients but that's something that uh, at, at which you would be expert, and it's the kind of thing I need to be mindful of when I travel. I will wind up, just because of familiarity or because it's just off the highway, I'll stop at a chain restaurant. And I have one or two that I just always can count on. I get a good meal and the service is friendly and quick. And so I go there. But I have to chide myself at the same time because it would be great to have some of the local foods. Now, the pasties, that I am definitely going to have to do when I am in Michigan, which I hope will happen fairly soon. Who knows? With the pandemic still raging, unfortunately, it will be over someday. And when it is, Michigan is one of the places I want to go and other places in the Midwest. So there's that. But there is also, and and here's where your expertise comes in handy, I'm glad we're talking about this. I said to my partner, Suzanne, just the other day, you know, I want to get together with Amy Eckert. She knew you were going to be on the show, right? And I said, Mm -hmm. I would really like to go with her and find out what are the best places in Detroit and environs, and it may be equally important to ask about the Upper Peninsula for that matter. Where do you get some good Detroit style pizza? And she said, I didn't know there was a Detroit style pizza. I said, Oh, where oh, have you been? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> now she's from Chicago, deep dish, you know, cut a certain way, Chicago style. Yeah. That's what she's used to. And I do love that, I have to admit. When yeah. it comes to Detroit style pizza, though, what distinguishes that from your ordinary pizza?
1: Well, the most distinguishing factor of Detroit-style pizza is that it's square. And um, this kind of surprises people, but um, square pizza is really kind of a Detroit thing. And um, the the iconic place to have pizza in Detroit is a place called Buddy's. They're uh, a citywide chain now, but it's owned by a, a single family. It was started during the Prohibition era. Um, they were serving up uh, pizza, so the story goes. They were serving up pizza to help um, satisfy customers who are maybe coming in the back door for other beverages, if you know what I mean.
0: Mm-hmm. But um,
1: Detroit style pizza is square, and it tends to be covered with cheese and goodies all the way to the very edge, so that the edge, you know, where some pizzas have like a bare crust showing, the edge has kind of that kind of crispy almost almost burned cheese, and it's just really crunchy and good. And um, that is supposedly a style that originated in Sicily, um, but, yeah, that's what Detroit-style pizza is. It's not thin crust, but it's not deep dish like Chicagoans eat. Um, it's, I guess you'd call it it's sort of like the hand toss that we're all familiar with. Um, sure. but it's square. So... And you really don't well, see that in other parts of Michigan. I mean, up in the Upper Peninsula, in the west side of the state, um, you know, even the, even the northern part of the Lower Peninsula, we eat, you know, round pizzas like all the rest of the country does. But in Detroit, it's square.
0: I love that. See, that's one of those things I'm going to put on a list. Must do before I die. I have to have some of that pizza, especially if it's going to be wall to wall cheese and burnt around the edges. That's not only distinguished, it sounds so tasty.
1: Yeah, it is. I kind of like that that crispy cheese when it gets just a little well done. The other thing um, that you'll really want to try when you get to Michigan, Gary, especially if you go to the Upper Peninsula, is you want some Great Lakes whitefish. Um, In the U.P., most of it comes from Lake Superior, but the whitefish is so tender and good. Oftentimes, it's fished in the morning by um, Native American fishermen up there and then um you know it comes off the boat in the morning it's on your dinner plate in the evening and it's just um oh it's just so good uh, lake lake trout you'll find up there as well but the white fish I, I just really love the white fish um just you know a little bit of butter and um pan fried or baked oh you, you can't beat it you have to try that
0: Because I'm in Michigan, I guess I will. I'm telling one on myself, but I'm not too much for fish. Lobster and especially shrimp, uh, I can eat that all day long, which would not be good for my cholesterol. (laughs) But uh, when it comes to something like whitefish, to be there and to be a part of it all, I think I would have to go ahead and try that. If it's fresh and flaky, it sounds good to me.
1: Well, yeah, you know you know how there's is—the pressure to fish, the better it taste, so you could give it a taste and see what you think. If, if you don't like it, there are always pasties. You can fall back on the pasties.
0: Oh, I've got to do that for sure. I absolutely have to do that. And when I am in Michigan, we've got a few minutes left here, I, I thought I would ask you, Amy, because the, the conditions here are constrained, as everybody knows, and I'm wondering, in the meantime, there are so many museums in michigan probably a few at least in the upper peninsula and of course there's the victorian era fort mackinac to visit as well but in terms of the restrictions do you know of museums art museums for example that are doing business online so that if you can't visit there in person until the day when you can you can have a virtual tour yeah
1: you know um really all of the state's major museums the detroit institute of art um the Grand Rapids Art Museum, um, Fort Michel-Mackinac and Fort Mackinac. There are two forts up in the Mackinac City area. Um, those uh, museums, um, even um, there's a great gem museum up in the UP that focuses on Petoskey stones and copper and, and other um, gems and I- items that, rocks that have been discovered in the UP. All of those have some kind of online presence. And, um, yeah, they give, uh, offer virtual tours, and um, you can enjoy the, the exhibits and some, oftentimes some special exhibits and, and video presentations put together by the museum. The other place that's doing that is um, the, um, the Meyer Gardens, which is sort of a combination of the great outdoors and art. It's a large sculpture park that's surrounded by 150 acres of gardens. And so you can tour in person if you're in Michigan and very easily enjoy the art and keep a distance from people. Or you can go online and uh, visit the gardens and visit the artwork virtually as well.
0: It's just so much fun. I want to make time for it. I realize it could hardly be enjoyed in two or three days. I would need to spend at least a week to get to the highlights and a few of the places off to the side that are less known but certainly worth visiting. And in that regard, a couple of wonderful guides. If you're talking about going to Detroit, the heartbeat of Michigan, if you're going to do that, Amy S. Eckert, and her last name is spelled E-C-K-E-R-T, Amy S. Eckert travel extraordinaire and she writes about it beautifully has a couple of books one is called 100 things to do in detroit before you die i possess the second edition of that fine slim but very informational book i mean you can go through this thing before you go to bed at night read all of them and you'll be dreaming about detroit trust me and then there's a second book equally charming called Easy Detroit Outdoors. Amy, these are great guides. I guarantee you two things. I look forward to meeting you one day in Michigan. And secondly, I will take these books as guides because they really help you get around.
1: Uh, Yeah, I hope you do. And, um, you know, Gary, if you get to Michigan, get to Detroit, give me a call. I'll give you a personal tour. That'd be fun, wouldn't
0: it? I absolutely would love that. And for sure, we've got to do the Detroit-style pizza. (laughs) All right. Oh, Definitely. thank you, Amy. Always, oh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. There's always when we talk Michigan, you come to mind every time, and I think it's going to be wonderful that uh, that we will get to meet. And until next time, we will have plenty to talk about, I'm sure. And I have so much to look forward to. Thank you for joining us today, Amy.
1: Gary, thank you so much for the invitation. You know, I love to talk about travel, and I always enjoy talking with you.
0: And have a great time next time you're in the UP. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rapp, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road.